0: Morning, church. How's everybody doing today? A lot of energy on that last song once we got Rodney to, on the right words. I'm not used to seeing the uh, worship leader go, I, mean, I don't know how old that song is, but surely you came out of the womb singing that song. So uh, I grew up, I was always told that's the Church Christ anthem. Thought that was funny. Just what I, I grew up. I'm kind of messed up today. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm really messed up today because it's the first time in 60 years Cliff has not had a coat and tie on. Now, if you don't know who Cliff McWhorter is, that just gives me hope he's listening to my sermon from a couple weeks ago on clothing. Now, y'all, this is huge. For Cliff not to have a, a coat and tie on. All right. Hey, just so you get your wallets and purses and checkbooks ready, a reminder of the carrying and sharing dollar day. We do that three or four times a year. So after the sermon, Gary Cardinal will get up and tell you a little bit about that and why we do that. But we're going to have another contribution. You can participate if you want to. You do not have to. Um, Gary will tell you about our caring and cheering ministry and who we minister to. But that uh, is today, so just didn't want to catch you off guard um, after, after the invitation. Next week's sermon uh, is the State of the Church Address. Sounded like a cool title. I don't know what the sermon's going to be. But next week, the State of the Church Address. For real. I'm a little more relaxed than you all are today. <laughs> we are obsessed with the future. We we want to know the future. We crave the future. Some of you all probably got up today and read your horoscope. Some of you all are probably into astrology. Some people are into palm reading. Some people buy books. Some people go to seminars. Some people can't wait to go eat Chinese food to get the fortune cookie. To see what the future holds. We are obsessed with the future. What's going to happen to the economy? What's going to happen to the government? What's going to happen to Congress? What's going to happen with our next president? What's going to happen to the stock market? If only there was some way we could know the future, we would feel so much better. The, the movie Back to the Future with Michael J. Fox, he would go back in time. But to be able to go ahead, we want to go back in time to change some stuff that we messed up, to change some of those bad decisions. We want to go ahead in time because we would really like to know some things. Would you really like to know today what your future is? I'm not talking five years or 10 years or 15 years. I'm not talking on this earth. Would you like to know where you're going to spend eternity? Because usually growing up Church of Christ, the response is, well, I I don't know or I hope that I go and so we're uncertain about the future would you like to know your future today we've been doing some lessons I a series pretty profound questions I get asked so I kind of jotted down we're kind of lumping them together we're doing um four different groups I'm just looking at some questions and some biblical answers so the first one was does your church have a dress code and cliff listened is that not huge I'm wearing a tie today and you're not. Man, it must be cold somewhere. Um, <clears throat> do I have to dress up to come to your church? What if I don't have a coat? You can, you can go online, www.pinetreechurch.org and sermons are uploaded online. You can call the church office if you want to get a, uh, a CD of that. And then we looked at why doesn't your church have a piano? Can you all not afford one? And we talked about music and instrumental music. So if you want to listen to that one. Last week, what happens when I die? What happens to my friends when they die? Loved ones, where do we go when we die? Do I have any control over where I go when I die? There's a whole lot more lessons we can do on heaven and hell, but we just kind of scratched the surface on that. Here's today's question, All right, It's a touchy one. People get upset. It's kind of volatile. It'll shut down a conversation. Why aren't you more tolerant? How come I... Can't. Who's going to be saved? Let's ask it a couple of different ways. Will I be saved? What must I do to inherit eternal life? That's a biblical question. We'll look at that one again here in just a second. Do I, are there people who will not be in heaven? I mean, surely everybody's going to be in heaven, right? Do I have to be a member of your church to go to heaven? Hmm. I don't even know if I'm going to answer that today. It just fit in here. Do I have to believe what you believe to go to heaven? Because you know, when you lump these together, everybody's got an opinion on who's going to be in heaven. Everybody's got an idea, and, and for the most part, people live a certain way based on what they think they need to do to get to heaven. So if I live a good life, I'm going to be in heaven. I mean, that's what we tell ourselves. That's what people tell themselves. If I go to church, then I'll be in heaven. If I read my Bible, I'll be in heaven. If, if I go to the right church, I'll be in heaven. And so we convince ourselves that we know what it's going to take to be in heaven. Interesting. Because there's even things in the Bible that would mess with our theology. If someone asked you, what do I need to do to go to heaven? And you said, well, you need to be obedient. Let me give you one. You remember in Luke chapter 18, the uh, rich young ruler that came to Jesus and said, What must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to get to heaven? What do I need to do? And Jesus said, You need to follow the commandments. And he said, I have. I have followed them since I was young. I've been obedient since I was young. And we're thinking, Well, that's all it takes. You remember what Jesus said? Well... You need to go sell your possessions and give to the poor and then come follow me. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. If obedience is all it takes, how come Jesus threw in that, go sell all your possessions and give to the poor and then come follow me? Is there something else to the obedience deal? Well, you'd be obedient to Jesus if you did that, but we just don't like to. That kind of messes with our theology. Because I get the impression if it's just obedience, if it's just obedience, this guy had it. And I get the impression he wasn't saved because Jesus said, wait a minute, there's one more. He thought, I'm living this way to get to heaven and you're going to throw me one more? Kind of messes our theology. What about Zacchaeus? You remember Zacchaeus? He was a wee little man. And he couldn't see Jesus. Jesus was coming down. He climbed a tree and Jesus sees him in the tree and says, come down, I must come to your house today. And at his house, he stood up because... Jesus couldn't see him, and he stood up and he said, Lord, if I've cheated anybody, then I'll pay back. You remember what he said there? Let me me give you the whole thing. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, salvation has come to your house today. Why? Why? Because he'd been cheating people, and now he said, you know what, I probably... I shouldn't live that way. I should pay those people back. And I'm going to give... He's just given half of his possessions. The rich ruler, Jesus said, you would get go sell everything. I mean, at least Zacchaeus just had... So do I have to sell everything? Or can I just sell half my stuff? Or, you know, I really don't want to sell any of my stuff. Is there any other way I can get to heaven? Those passages kind of mess with our theology. But Zacchaeus was saved. Salvation came to his house today. So we need to ask some questions. So I'm I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says, and that way I can't get in trouble. Here's what I mean by that. People will get offended when you start talking about heaven and eternity and who will be there and who won't. But if they want to be offended at Scripture, that's different than them being offended at me and you. Now, they may take it out on me and you, but here's the way I look at it. If I'm quoting Scripture, either you believe it or you don't. And you either live by it or you don't. So I'm just going to tell you what Scripture says, all right? Number one, God wants everyone to go to heaven. You say, well, that's a given. No, it's not. Because I've encountered people who believe that God's mission in life is to send everybody to hell. He's going to try to get as many people to hell as he can because he doesn't want them in heaven. Have you ever encountered people like that? They don't believe God loves them. They don't believe God wants them in heaven. So I want you to know God wants everyone to go to heaven. Let me give you a scripture. The Lord's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. I don't know how you interpret that any other way except God doesn't want you to perish. God doesn't want you in hell. God doesn't want you to be destroyed. God doesn't want you anywhere except with Him. He wants everyone to come to repentance. That's God's desire. God wants everybody in Heaven. Not everybody believes that. But I wanted to put that one up there. <clears throat> Our scripture reading. For God so loved the world. That's pretty much everybody. The world's pretty much everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish and have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. God sent Jesus not to save some. Not to save the special folks. Not to save the church-going folks. Not to save the church of Christ folks. God sent Jesus to save everybody because God wants everybody in heaven. How about Titus four? For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to some. No. To all. Everybody. God wants everybody to be saved. And so you need to communicate that to people. Now, if God wants everybody to be saved, I just kind of have to throw in the next point. Shouldn't we have the same loving attitude? I mean, if God wants everybody in heaven, shouldn't we want everybody in heaven? There's a lot of pretty judgmental people in the world today that don't want everybody in heaven. There's a lot of pretty judgmental people in churches that don't want everybody in heaven. But doesn't it make sense if God wants everybody in heaven that we should want everybody in heaven too? Shouldn't we live that way? Shouldn't we talk that way? Shouldn't we give that impression as people, as individuals, as a church? We should want everybody to be in heaven. But let me say this. You might not know if you're going to heaven. If you died today, would you go to heaven? Well, you know, I, I don't know. Isn't that interesting? We might not know if we're going to heaven, but we sure know who's not going to heaven I'm not sure if I'm going, but I can tell you who's not going. For example, well, they go to the wrong church, so they're not going to be in heaven. They don't believe the way we believe, so they're not going to believe in heaven. They use instruments in worship, so they're not going to be in heaven. We seem to have the answer for everybody who's not going to be in heaven, of which I find none of those in Scripture. I'm going to give you a list. I find none of those on the list. Isn't that interesting? So I need to to drive this home a little bit. It's not our responsibility to send people to hell. It's not your responsibility to send people to hell. It's not our responsibility to keep people out of heaven. We've got the good news. Aren't we supposed to be sharing that with people? But we protect it. Almost as if we don't want anybody else to go. What was point number one? God wants everybody to go. God wants everybody in heaven. And we should have the same attitude. Our job is not to keep people out of heaven. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. Did you catch that? For the hope you have. We have hope. Do you work with anybody that doesn't have hope? Do you work with people who need some hope? Do you know some people in your neighborhood? Do you know some people in your family who could use some hope? We've got the hope. And we should share that hope. If God wants everybody to go to heaven, then we should want everybody to go to heaven as well. So as a church, we should want people to come to church. Oh, we don't want those kind of people here. Wow, we missed the point. Well, Richie, but those kind of people are... Let's go to this one, because this is what I know you want me to get to. Not everybody's going to be saved. Even though God wants everybody to be saved, not everybody's going to be saved. God can't make people live a certain way. And if you're not going to live a certain way, then Scripture says you're not going to be saved. I didn't say that. Scripture says that. Not everybody's going to be saved. Not everybody's going to be heaven. Now, listen... That's not a point to rejoice over. That's right. And I'm glad not everybody's going to be in heaven. That's not something to be excited about. It's almost like we take great pleasure sometimes when we read the list I'm fixing to give you from Scripture. It's like, well, I'm glad they're not going to be there. That's not something to rejoice about. If people aren't going to be in heaven... That's a responsibility on our part to share good news with them. If you don't want people in heaven, you've got issues. If you don't want people in heaven, you've got loving issues. If you, don't want, if, you don't, if you don't grasp what God has done for you in a way that you want to share with others, I'm not sure you grasp what God has done for you. So, we need... Oh, I don't have this one up there. I just scribbled this down. <clears throat> the Lord knows those who are His. That's Scripture. I just wanted you to know that. 2 Timothy 2.19, J.B. Phillips' translation. The Lord knows those who belong to Him. It's almost like, hey, listen, I, the Lord might mess up, so I'm going to help Him out, and I'm going to tell you who's going to heaven and who's not. The Lord knows who belongs to Him. The Lord knows who to save. So let me give you some Scripture. <clears throat> This is from the message, so it's going to messy you up. Okay? So, I want you to look at that while I read New International. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders. Thieves, greedy, drunkards, slanderers, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Those folks, God says, will not Inherit the kingdom of God. And that's what some of you were. I love that sentence. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Let me go ahead and read you the second one the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, idolaters, all liars, your place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Now, when you read lists like that in the Bible, you have several responses. Your first response is I'm not on there. Maybe there's hope. I'm none of those. Or maybe your response is, See, I told you, you're right there. You're not going to be in heaven. Because there's some judgmental people that like telling people who's going to hell. Or maybe your response is, like it says, That's what some of you were. I mean, think about it. Before you know Jesus... You can put yourself in any category you want, you're dead in your sins and transgressions. Doesn't matter what your sin or sins are, you're dead. You're dead. You're dead in your sins and transgressions. And Paul says, before you get excited about saying, Yeah, look at the people not going, that's what some of you were before you encountered Jesus and you were washed and cleaned and sanctified. And just so you know, if you get to feeling pretty good about, well, yeah, I'm not, 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 I'm not Oh, why'd God have to put that liars deal in there? Liars aren't going to be in heaven. All liars. Well, but Richie, they're just white lies. All liars. Well, I was just trying to be nice. All liars. So before you get to feeling real good about who's not going to be there, we're kind of on that list. And if that list doesn't mess you up, let me give you another one. From the message, knowing the correct password, saying, Master, Master, for instance, you you know the passage. Not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. What is required is serious obedience, doing what my Father wills. I can see it now at the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me and saying, Master, we preached the message, we bashed the demons, our God sponsored projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say, You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. Get out of here. That's the message. You might not like other translations. I just think it drives it home a little more. There's going to be some people who call themselves Christians. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we do these things? Didn't we go to church? Didn't we read our Bible? I worked VBS for 20 years. And he's going to say for several reasons... I didn't know you. Now, that's a sermon in and of itself. But just because you think, you know, we get back to that, everybody's got an opinion, you know if I if I could just get a perfect attendance sheet from church, surely the Lord will let me in. If I if I come to church on Sunday nights, I mean, that's got to be bonus points. If I come on Wednesday, I come to the ladies Bible class, I'm a shoe-in for we get to thinking and rationalizing in the midst of our sinful behavior that our good works, that something we do gets us to heaven. You want to know what gets you to heaven? Jesus. Period. Amen. That's it. I'll come back to that though. You've heard me say before, we're the "yow but church. We hear what other churches say and other churches preach and then we're like, well, yeah, but there's this verse and yeah, but we're the yeah, but church. We've always got an addendum on, you know, you're saved by grace through faith. It's not of your works, lest anyone should boast. Well, yeah, but how do you yeah, but the only but I find in Scripture is but God. Who is rich in mercy, that is what gets us to heaven. God, who is rich in mercy, that's what gets us to heaven. You being here today doesn't get you to heaven. I can see that I'm irritating y'all a little bit, so I must be doing it right. There's going to be more people in hell than in heaven. God wants everybody to be saved. But not everybody's going to be saved. And so Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many, Jesus said, many. But small is the gate, narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few. Those of you that were around in the 80s, I think it was the 80s. Those of you who might have listened but would never admit, except to your closest friends, that you listened to ACDC. ACDC. And they had a song called Highway to Hell. don't know what you think about ACDC, but they had the lyrics right. There's a highway to hell. And it's easy to get on that highway. And it leads to destruction. And many people are on that highway. Leading to destruction. Leading to hell. Once again, God wants everybody to be saved. And we ought to try to help folks off that highway. There are people in the world that would really rather not listen to sermons like this. Can you just tickle our ears a little bit and make me feel good and I'll show up at your church? There's preachers who refuse to preach even passages, even read scriptures like this. Well, I would rather preach the ones that make people feel good. You know what would make me feel good is if everybody went to heaven. What would make me feel good is if we would go out and share the good news. What would make me feel good is to let people know that they're on the highway to hell. And unless they turn to Jesus, I mean, we ought to have that kind of love in our hearts. Jesus said, I am the way. People will say, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as we're all heading in the right direction. Well, there's religions that don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, so it doesn't matter what you believe as long as we're heading in the right direction. There's people who don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Oh, they believe a lot of the same stuff, but Jesus said, you know what, I'm not one way. Jesus said, I'm the way. Nobody gets to God except through me. Nobody gets to God except through Jesus. So He is the way. So if you want to go to heaven, if you want to be in heaven, you've got to go through Jesus. You know, it's kind of like a big bodyguard. Although Jesus isn't a big bodyguard, he's not trying to, you know, the body, you, nobody's coming through here except through me. Jesus said, listen, if you want to be with my father, if you want to spend eternity with my father, if you want to spend eternity in heaven, all you have to do is come through me. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm life. You just have to go through Jesus. Let me, let me, let me, I wrote down must read. <clears throat> People say I can live any way I want. You're right. You can. You can live any way you want. You can. You can live any way you want. But living any way you want doesn't guarantee you're going to heaven. You can live any way you want. You can live in rebellion. You can live in disobedience. You can live any way you want. But that doesn't mean you're, well, If God's a loving God, He won't send me to hell. We said last week, God doesn't send anybody to hell. You choose where you're going to spend eternity by the way you live. So let me read you this. You can't live like hell and expect to go to heaven. If you believe the Bible, just read it. You can't live like hell... And expect to go to heaven. You can't live a life of rebellion against God and expect to be in heaven. You can't live a life away from God and expect to be in heaven. But that's what people want to hear. You know, I, I'm just going to live any way I want. And almost as if to say, I'm just going to take my chances. I mean, when the, I believe the Lord's coming and when the Lord comes, I'm just going to take my, I'm going to live any way I want. I'm just going to take my chances. You go ahead and take your chances. But I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. That's a highway to hell. And there's going to be a lot of folks on that road. And that's the road to destruction. Why take chances with your life? Why take chances with your eternity when you can live by Jesus and live for Jesus and know? So let me do one more. We don't get to determine the criteria for salvation. We don't get to determine the criteria for heaven. Well, I think to get to heaven, here's what I need to do. You don't get to decide that. Well, I think to get to heaven, here's how I need to live. You don't get to decide that. You don't get to make the rules. The one who's in the salvation business gets to decide who, who's going to go to heaven and how they get there. So, I'm going to give you some scriptures. I'm going to give you scriptures that Church Christ people will give you. I'm going to give you scriptures that Baptists will give you. I'm going to give you scriptures. And some people will say, Well, yeah, you just use those scriptures to make it sound the way you want. No, I'm just giving you scriptures. And you... Can read them any way you want. I'm just going to give you scriptures on what I think is what the Bible says that we ought to do. So, for example, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How, do, how am I saved? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. You mean mess you up. Women will be saved through childbirth. Well, I'm out of luck. There's a lot of passages in the Bible on salvation. Jesus says, I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Acts 2.21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Acts 16.31, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Now listen, I didn't just fall off the Church of Christ truck. I know that we and folks from other churches... We'll pull one verse out to justify the way we want to live. You can't do that. You can't do that. If you want to pull something out, love God and love others. Hey, Jesus, can you sum it up? Love God and love others. If you love God, you're going to do what God wants, you, wants for your life. And if you love others, you're living like Jesus did. So if you want to pull one verse out, love God, love others. I'm just reading you some scripture. You find salvation through the forgiveness of sins, Acts 4. There's salvation in no one else. No one else. So if anybody else says, hey, if you come through our church, if you come through this name, if you come through this religion, there's salvation in no one else. Jesus said, I'm the way, Matthew 1. God sent Jesus in the world to save His people from their sins. Acts twenty two, sixteen, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, wash your sins away, calling on his name. So if you want to say, Well, I'm calling on his name, but I don't have to be baptized, I'm just quoting you scripture. Listen, folks, I'm not quoting you Scripture because I want you to be a Church of Christ person. I'm quoting you Scripture because I want you to be a Christ follower. I'm quoting you Scripture on what I think you need to do if you want to be saved and if you want to be heaven in heaven. I'm just quoting you Scripture. I'm not wanting to make you one of us. I'm wanting to make you one of Jesus' followers. The first sermon after Jesus died on the day of Pentecost, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. With many other words, He warned them and He pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted the message were baptized, and 3,000 were added. And you read a few chapters later, 5,000 were added. And you read a few chapters later, and more were added You can read through Acts and say, well, right over here it says all I have to do is confess. And right over here it says all I have to do is believe. And guess what? Every single time it says they were baptized, you can pick and choose Scripture to justify your lifestyle. I'm not trying to justify your lifestyle. I'm trying to get you to live in such a way that you go to heaven. I had to take a breath. Since you know the day of the Lord is coming, you should respond a certain way. You ought to live a holy life. You ought to be looking forward to that day. You need to make every effort to be found blameless, and you need to be on your guard. How can we escape punishment if we ignore such a great salvation? Folks, I don't want you to live your life ignoring such a great salvation. I'll just wait till I'm on my deathbed. Good luck with that. I hope it works. I pray it works. Good luck with that. How can you take that chance? Well, you know, I need to get some things out of my system and sow some oats. Good luck with that. Because let me tell you something, church. I have another slide. I've been doing a better question. Let me give you a better question. Are you going to be in heaven? I don't know if you're going to be in heaven. I have no control over you. I'm going. I'm there. I write these things to you who believe in Jesus Christ so that you may know that you have eternal life. God said, Richie, I want you to know. I know. I know. I know I'm going to be there. It's not arrogance. It's not confidence. It's trusting in Scripture. If you hadn't noticed the invitation song today, it's trust and obey. Trust and obey. You can obey without trusting, but you can't trust without obeying. There's a lot of people who obey Scripture, but they're going through the motions. So let me tell you something. I put this Scripture up last week. Let me tell you something. I told Kelly that I knew we were busy this morning and we got a lot on the slate. And so for the first time in 17 years, I don't care about time. So I just want you to hear me out. What if today is the day? Scripture says today is the day of salvation. But what if today is that day? Because Scripture says Jesus is coming back. Why are you looking into the sky? He's coming back. The day of the Lord will come. What if today is that day? I mean, what if today is that day? Oh, scoffers will come scoffing and saying, Hey, it's been a couple thousand years. What makes you think it's... What if today is that day? What if today is the day that you leave here and you're driving down the road and you hear something? It's a sound that you've never heard before. It's not a siren. It's not the police. It's not the fire department. We're not testing the sirens. It's some sound that you've never heard before. Because Scripture says there's going to be a loud command. And there's going to be a trumpet of the Lord. And what if today is the day? What if today is the day that you're driving down the road and you stop your car and you get out and you start looking around? And you notice other people are looking around too. Because Scripture says when that day comes... We're going to be looking into the sky. As a matter of fact, we ought to be looking forward to. We ought to be looking into the sky. What if today is the day? Nobody knows when that day's coming. And so since I don't know, I'm just going to wait and take chances. But what if today is the day? The angels don't know and Jesus doesn't know. But what if today is the day that God looks at Jesus and just gives him that nod and says, Son, go get him. And you stop your car and you look up into the sky and you notice people are starting to go up into the sky. You know, you've only got two choices. I'm going to tell you your future right now. You've only got two choices. You will either die... Or Jesus will come in your lifetime and you will meet Him in the air. I'm not sure which one I want to do. It doesn't matter. The end result is the same. But what if today is the day that you're not going to die a physical death per se. We're not going to put you in a casket and we're not going to put you in the ground. What if today is the day that you hear that noise. It's a scene like you've never seen. It's a sound like you've never heard before. And the Bible says there's not going to be any escape. Because if today is that day... You're not going to go back and sit down on the couch and watch TV. You're not going to get back in your car. You're not going back to work. Because today is the day there's no second chances. Once you die, it's over. What if today is that day that Jesus comes again? Are you ready? Are you ready? No, I'm serious. Like I've never preached at you before. Are you ready? Because on the day of Pentecost, Peter pleaded with the people. You need to... Escape this corrupt generation. I'm pleading with you today. There's some of you, and I'm not thinking of any specifics, there's some of you that need to make a decision for the Lord. Because what if today is the day? Today is the day for some people because just by fact, there's going to be people that die today. And they're going to be buried, and I don't know if they know the Lord or not, but I'm telling you who are in this audience, if today is today, and you don't know if you're going to be saved You need to do something about that. You have the opportunity today. So let me tell you the good news. The good news is you can't save yourself, but God sent Jesus to save you. So that when that day comes, you can live with confidence, knowing that whatever day that is, you've given your life to Jesus. You've called on the name of the Lord. You've confessed Jesus Christ. You've repented of your sins. You've been baptized for the remission of your sins. Well, I'll just wait. I'm not going to be baptized because it's a Church of Christ thing. It's not a Church of Christ thing. There are other churches that baptize people. I'm telling you, Scripture says that if today is the day that Jesus comes and you're not ready, you will spend eternity in hell. And I don't want you to. And neither does God. Listen, folks, I don't want you to leave here today wondering. I don't want you to leave here today wandering. I want you to leave here today with all your guilt washed away, with all of your sins washed away. I want you to leave here today right with God. What if today is the day? Because the good news says if you're right with God, if you respond to Jesus Christ, if you give your life to Jesus, if you've been baptized into Christ and clothed with Christ, scripture says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You don't have to fear judgment. You don't have to worry about heaven or hell. You can know that you're going to be in heaven. What if today is the day? I'm not wanting you to feel guilty. I don't do guilt. I grew up going to gospel meetings where they would sing just as I am with more verses than I even knew were written. So we just sing them over and over and over. I just want you to think about your life. I want you to think about eternal life. And all the folks who have died that I wonder if I'm going to see them again. If they're Christians, you'll see them again. If they're not, I'm going to leave that up to God. But you control your destiny today. You control your eternal life today. And the good news that you need to hear is that Jesus died for us. And if you'll trust Him and obey Him, you'll be right with God and you will be in heaven. I'm not giving you the stamp of approval you get to go in. God says, God says in His Word, if you trust in Jesus and obey Jesus, when Jesus comes, I'll take you to be home with me. Now, But listen, Not only is that message for us, I know I'm preaching to Church of Christ Choir. You've been here every week. That message is worth sharing. That message is worth telling people about. So, what if today is the day? Are you right with God? Are you right with God? Will you get right with God? If I get on my knees and plead, will you get right with God? If I get on my knees and beg, will you get right with God? I don't want you to do it for me. I want you to look at the cross. I want you to look at the cross. Will you do it for Jesus? We're going to sing an invitation song today. I want you to know you don't have to be baptized right now. Let me explain that. We had a young lady you're going to hear about. She was baptized yesterday in a lake. You don't have to be baptized in front of a crowd. Hey, Richie, can we do it after everybody leaves? Absolutely. Can we do it this afternoon? Absolutely. We can do it anytime you want, but don't delay. But there's no rule as to what you have to do and how you have to do it. But if you need to be baptized, we want to assist you with that. Maybe you're thinking, you know, I'm not sure. Sure. And that's okay. If you're not sure, would you get with me? Would you get with Rodney? Would you get with Brian Bruce, one of our elders, one of our deacons? Turn to the people around you and say, hey, will you, I got some questions. Will you help me? You need to answer those questions. If you haven't been living right, if you're a baptized believer, if you're a Christ follower, but you've been going down the wrong path, that, that highway to hell that's easy to get on, maybe you got back on that and you're kind of having trouble getting off, and you need prayers, and you need the shepherds of this church to embrace you, would you do that today so that you can be right with God? Listen, folks, I'll preach at you all day long for you to get right with God, because God wants everybody to be saved. And I want you to go to heaven. And I want to be a church that wants people to go to heaven. And I want to be a church that wants people here so that we want people to go to heaven. But I want you to be right with God today. Because what if today is the day? If you need to respond to the invitation of Jesus Christ, maybe you just stand right where you are when we stand and sing. Maybe you just close your eyes and you pray to God. There's not a right way to do it. There's not a wrong way to do it. You stand right where you are and nobody will even know Lord, I'm standing here today, my life has been messed up, and I'm praying to you, I'm a baptized believer, will you forgive me for the way I'm... You don't have to come down front, but you have to be right with God. So I want you to know that when we stand, we might have everybody here responding in a way that you're praying to God, saying, God, my life hasn't been right, but I'm I'm making it right. You make a decision today, you make a commitment today that I'm going to live for God. Will you trust and obey today as we stand and sing? When we walk with the Lord.